last season, Arsenal's my mental health. I know it's only football, but it, it, it was getting to me, so I thought, well, I'm not going to watch it. And if I think it's going to affect me in a way, so I just turned it off. And, wow. and instead, I didn't even watch any of it. Fuck them. And instead, I found, uh, I was going through like YouTube and I found DJ Muggs had hooked up with some some recording artist called Hologram. I don't know if you heard about him, but um, so it was a positive. So I found that. So I was listening to that album on YouTube and he dropped a video with Action Bronson so, and Mayhem Lauren. So I found that. So that was a positive. So yeah, check out DJ Muggs and this guy called Hologram. He's a bit of a... He's all right, rapper. Yeah, he's good, man. He's quite dark. You know, Mugs from Soul Assassin and Cypress and stuff. So you know the beats are going to be dark. So yeah, he put out an album with a guy a couple months ago now. I'm wondering if it's the same guy. He's like a, a Hispanic kind of guy. Yeah, this one's recent. He looks Hispanic. Yeah, this one's recent. Called I think it's called American Cheese or something. But um, no, that don't ring a bell. I remember the the one I saw. He had a video. Oh, was it, did he drop something with a guy called Crime Apple? I don't remember the guy's name. I just remember that they had a video where they were like on jet skis. Or on a boat. No, maybe not jet skis. Maybe like they were just on a boat. It was a very like a vibe as well. It looked like, yo, man, these guys are having a whole heap of fun out there. I think that might be Crime Apple, who's from New York. Um, TJ Monks and Hologram, yeah? Yeah, so. Oh, is he a black dude? No, he's not. He's not. Well, he looks sort of yeah, Hispanic looking. He might be black. Okay, like a dark skinned Hispanic. Mm. So um, I found that instead. But yeah, man. Well, check it out. Mugs is an absolute legend, man. Yeah, trust me. Trust me. Yeah, the production's there. So I found that. And then while I was waiting for you, or not, not like that, while I was waiting to record, sorry, I, I was watching The Daylight and King Loss. King Lowe's rap battle. I don't know if you've seen that yet. So I didn't even know that. They neither did I, man. Neither did I. Come up on the flipping, just the algorithms on YouTube, really. So I just watched it on the laptop. I'm about half an hour in. And um, is yeah. this recent? Yeah, this was 21st of August. So wow. yesterday. <laughs> and I didn't even know this. Wait, 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 wait. This is news, man. Like. <laughs> What platform is this on? This is on. Yeah, you roll well. Rare... No, 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 no. It's called Rare, Rare Breed, Rare, Rare Breed Entertainment. Okay. There's so many battle leagues out there. I don't really know the half of them, but Neither. I know that. Was it last year or the year before? They said, um, you know, he, he started battling for URL. And when he was on Smack, he was saying, um, you know, like I, I feel like I'm home now. You know what I mean? Which was like, who's that daylight? Yeah, it kind of it kind of felt like he was saying, yeah, I'm gonna be here on like doing everything on smack. So I'm surprised to hear that he's at Rare Breed. Well, money talks, but well, I'm not really like I like battle rap. Obviously, I think you know we both came up through battle rap, but staying on top of it was uh, was is mad. So I just just while I was just skimming on YouTube, this popped up. So I was watching it, and um, last week they had Hitman Holler. Versus Calico, oh. so that that's almost at a million views and less than in a week. But this one, daylight, you know, daylight is one of the best lyricists. When he's not doing the stupid antics, he's, I mean, he's yeah, he's a bit of a weird, funny guy with the antics. But he he uh, he goes yeah, at King really, Los man, yeah. and King Los as well is known for his bars, but he don't really make the transition. A lot of people 
it's hard to make the transition from either battle rapper to artist or from artist to battle rapper and yeah it's worth watching but it's, he's, he's not doing too well okay um can't say i'm a huge king Lowe's fan but you know if you're going up against daylight you gotta have something about you or you're just gonna get bodied mm. king um, Lowe's is one of them alien rappers having a look at their channel i'm seeing all types of big names all over it man big k like he can spit man he's hard charlie clips is there doing a little something talking on math hoffer so yeah I'm, I'm, they got all of the big names in there man so yeah that's that's my sunday viewing so <laughs> instead of watching us not get massacred i was on a a hip-hop a hip-hop nerdy one not even hip hop nerdy one, but I was in my bag, my lyrical bag, lyrical, miracle, spiritual, physical, biblical. What was it? Biblical, cynical, umbilical. Umbil. I cut. I didn't cut the umbilical. I should have cut the umbilical. I got offered the chance, but I didn't want to fuck it up. <laughs> oh, well, you just went from the spiritual miracle to to actual real life real quick. Um, yeah, that was. Why radical. not cut the cord, man? Isn't that isn't that like a you know what I mean like a life? life experience a real good life experience yeah i was i was there i was thinking they offered it to me and then i said oh i'll watch i'll watch the professionals do it isn't there a thing where people keep the placenta or something yeah apparently you can cook it and um and eat it yeah i've not really like with andrea not to go too mad but it it took it took about half an hour for the placenta to come out it was a bit touch and go Mm. uh i'm not gonna lie but um when it popped out i was like raw I'm gonna that have to is because I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> He's laughing. What am I gonna see? Images. Ugh! I cooked my wife's placenta. Here's how it tasted. That looks gross. It's like silence of the lambs. Gross. Hello, Clarice. No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I'll eat anything. Uh, you know me when it comes to food and shit, but um. I'll try anything, but no, no, that wasn't that wasn't on the menu. But um, watching that whole thing of cutting the umbilical and the and the placenta coming out, that was some that was some real life shit. I like how we've gone from battle rap to. <laughs> to oh, the description! I've got this article from Cosmopolitan up here. It was the size of a whoopee cushion, sprawling with thick blood vessels, dripping in amin amniotic fluid and trailing a slimy umbilical cord. That sounds gross. It's the Come size on, of a, It's about the size of a whoopee cushion. I would, that's a, that's a good description. It's it's slightly bigger, I'd say, and darker. Obviously, it's crimson and, and, red. And how would you cook it? Would you like sprinkle some seasoning on it and like, like, some fire up with, like some, some garlic and some onions or something? Some all-purpose seasoning and some. Uh... <laughs> a little scotch bonnet in there. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know, man. I wouldn't. I've eaten many a thing in my time, but... Oh, you're going to go that. more sweet. You're going to do, like, a bit of honey in there, a bit of sugar in there, <laughs> you know, sour cream. Oh. That's mad. That's mad. Only on beer wrap and banner can we go from battle rap to cooking and eating placentas. I've eaten many a thing. Oh, this is grisly. They're talking about you can put bits of it on a pizza or you can work it into bolognese sauce. I'm sure it's rich with goodness. It's got all the goodness from the um, pregnancy. All the vitamins and minerals, yeah? Mm. Lots of women like to toss a frozen chunk of placenta into a fruit smoothie. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. I didn't know people were really doing that. Man. Yeah, man. Well, we didn't do that for sure. We've been um, 
we've been cooking and then food we've been making we've been blending it for the baby so basically giving the baby food that we're eating minus salt so i've not been putting salt in the in the food which is a bit of a killer but obviously that's like the number one seasoning easiest season thing but Mm. um so yeah that's been that's been an interesting experience feeding a not placenta obviously we're given a a a healthy and varied diet all our listeners all our listeners will be glad to hear so big up all the parents that are feeding their kids have gone through weaning and going from milk to solids or to blended food and veg and all that stuff it's it's an interesting journey man okay yeah sorry to bore you i know you're not really (laughs) no i mean it's a interesting conversation i suppose Um, we've been eating well i've been eating too good man i need to get back on the old not diet but i injured my foot playing football and i've got doctors tomorrow i need to get my foot looked up why don't you what i I think i think it's been going on for months bro it's just walking and then running and playing football and then underneath the hill i think it's a stress fracture or something because you know one of them like sharp pains in your foot um underneath on the sole of your foot and it's like pinching all the time and i don't know if it's excuse me from like because i wear different shoes to work i wear my trainers to work i've been running playing football i don't know how it's happened but i haven't been able to get rid of it for months and then last monday i was playing football must have turned inside and then as soon as i turned inside it just ping it just went and i was just hobbling around the pitch for the last 10 minutes or I wanted to get that looked at. I couldn't even walk the next day. I was in bits. Boy, someone who looks like they might not be able to walk today is Manny Pacquiao. Mm. I've seen a little picture of him getting punched in the face. And the caption says, Manny Pacquiao loses to your Dennis Ugas on return to ring. Mm. He was, Should this guy still be boxing? Ain't he like yeah. 40 odd now? He's a legend. He was meant to fight Errol Spence. too. He was meant to fight Spence, but I think Spence had a surgery on his eye. I mean, he would have got beaten up by Errol Spence as well. But last um, minute dropout. Yeah, 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 yeah. But listen, how old's Manny Pacquiao? Early forties. Forty-two. And he's still giving as good as he gets. I mean, the other guy looked pretty marked up, but obviously he's this guy be... was was only drafted in on the tenth of August. It says here. So imagine mm-hmm. Pacquiao's been training for months, getting ready for Errol Spence. Errol Spence drops out. This guy comes in tenth of August. And then in 10 days, he fights Pacquiao and, and, and wins the fight. That kind of just lets me know that Pacquiao, because I don't know who this guy is. No, I never even heard of him. I didn't even know because I, I didn't even see the build-up. I would I would have been hyped for the Spence-Pacquiao fight. I think at this this time, or this sort of, uh, Pacquiao's just a name. Like, he's a legend that people want to fight to say, yeah, I fought a legend and I got, I got a big payday and a big pay-per-view. So, I don't oh. think... It's a shame, really, because in his day, he was... He, he was, was the fierce. man, isn't he? It yeah, says he here was... that this this, this Hugas guy was actually going to make his first title defence against Maidana. Um, so he's 35 years old, and uh, he won the vacant WBA World Away title in September last year. Um, so he became the WBA... Oh, and he became the WBA super champion after Pacquiao was stripped of the belt. Um, but yeah, um, apparently he was promoted from the undercard of the Pacquiao fight to fight Pacquiao. Oh, wow, that's a step up. Yeah. Um, and then he bust him up. 
Oh my days. Imagine that. You won on all three cards. 15, 13, 16, 112. Sorry, 116, 112. 116, 112. Again. Just undisputed, bro. No, no controversy with that score. Everybody, I didn't watch it, but it looks like all the judges just unanimously agreed that you got fucked up, Manny. Yeah, he'll still be going. He's still smiling. I see that um, Canelo Alvarez has agreed to fight Caleb Plant on November the 6th. That looks good. Mm. Alvarez, man, he's just non-stop, isn't he? He's just beating up everyone. Machine, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pam for Pam, best fighter, maybe. No, definitely, definitely Pam for Pam. A beast, man. Definitely, isn't there like other people that could uh, argue? Maybe Lomachenko could argue that. Nah, not Lomachenko because he got beat by uh, Lopez. Uh, I like Lomachenko, but I think um, Canelo, man, because he's gone through so many different weights. I think it's between Canelo, Crawford, Spence, and is it a newer? There's like a Japanese guy. Uh, Boxing ring. Let's have a look at the list. Oh no, that just shows me a ring. Pound for pound. Yeah, I think I think he's a. Uh, I think uh, Canelo's up there, man. Pound for pound. Yeah, even Ring Magazine. Not that that's like the Bible, but pound for pound always. It is what it is, man. Um... Do you know what they need to do? They need to bring back a boxing game for the PlayStation. Right, we've got well, Alvarez. They've got the UFC mm-hmm. game on there, so I guess there's, yeah. a lot of, uh, there's a lot of stand-up fighting ability in that. If you wanted to, you know, you can kind of just slip and slide around the ring and just throw punches. But I, yeah. I know what you mean, like, when we had knockout kings and games like oh, that. Oh, right? knockout kings. And you had the training and everything. Or when you got when you punched someone, it proper went slow motion, in it? And it, they were like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure they'll bring something back, man. I remember seeing Mike Tyson was working on a, a virtual reality boxing game. Now I was thinking that was going to be sick. That might still be in development, or maybe the project's done now. I don't know. But Ooh. virtual reality, not really, it's it's taken off, but I thought it'd take off more like with the VR headsets and stuff. I know the Wii when the Wii came out, that was revolutionary, and that's sort of falling back a bit. But you're you I know you're more into your gaming. You know, maybe there's there's maybe it's still doing big things, but the VR no, headset and stuff. It's, it's it's some technology takes off and becomes a part of everyday life, like yeah. uh, say like a microwave. When a microwave comes out, it's like everybody wants one and everybody ends up getting one. Um, but with gaming, it's kind of like the the, the VR systems are really expensive, man. The technology is still quite new, still developing, still improving. There's still that kind of issue with you know, if you put your VR headset on and you kind of move your head from left to right and there's a little bit of a lag maybe which can cause like a bit of emotion sickness as you're moving around. It's getting better and better and better. Um, and it's getting more affordable with time. But at the moment, it's still really expensive. Like if you want a PC set up, um, like a HTC Vive kind of set up, it's, it's going to cost you a couple of grand to swallow that up. You can get the, the headset for the, for the PlayStation and, and the consoles but it's just one of those things where it's not cheap and easily accessible for everyone. But the people that have it love it. And there's a lot going on. I think I saw recently there's a, a development in VR in the financial industry. So 
uh, if you picture like sort of stockbrokers and traders looking at various different screens to get lots of information, um, they're sort of developing a VR technology where they can either have it in AR where it's like uh, a screen, like a, a, a you know like a HUD, like um, like a transparent screen on your dashboard that gives you information. Mm. Um, so that would be the AR implementation of it. And then there's the VR, which is like you put on some on a headset and then you just have unlimited screens that or you can just turn around in 360 degrees and you've got screens and you can just use your hands to put the screen up and put it down and move them in 3d i'm gonna have this one in the back and then this one forward and this one to the left this one to the right and i'm gonna have 12 screens with my headset on and i can look at yahoo finance over here i can look at bloomberg over here i can look at the market that's like my minority report or something with the bear, with the, all the screens that's a lot it, I was going to say that's a lot of grease that's a lot is. of grease on the screen <laughs> that, that is a lot of grease if you want to go because that that side of VR is developing as well actually oh, and yeah? I thought I thought that that would be popping by now like by now there would be some mad VR porn options um, it's getting there though you see, the, you see the option with the, with the if you've got the VR headset you can choose it with the two images it's the same thing but vr headset but you know if if if, if, you, <laughs> if you're busting off the flipping vr headset with the with the porn you want to make sure that that door is double locked <laughs> all the windows are drawn because if someone walks in on you with a headset and you're looking crazy <laughs> what is really crazy right now is the uh the deep fake technology so with the deep fake tech they can kind of take like a celebrity and, you know, basically put them into a porno. Um, so, and it looks 100% real. I saw some deep fake, like a little video with um, Leo DiCaprio and he was just mm. walking, he was just walking down the street and then he started, came right up close to the camera and started talking and it, and it was like, this isn't real, this isn't Leo DiCaprio, this is deep fake tech. And it was like, wow, that looks like Leo DiCaprio. So you could imagine whoever your favorite celebrity is and then you put on your VR headset and then there she is. <laughs> A VR porn thing, like that shit is coming, man. But people are, people are making lawsuits and stuff, man, because they're like, I don't want you using my image uh, in that kind of way. It's, it's mm. a controversial topic. But you know how it goes. Anything that can be bootlegged can and will be bootlegged, man. Yeah, of course. It's it's especially when it's all digital now. Everything can be bootlegged and copied. Speaking of that, I'm reading that OnlyFans uh, are banning explicit content. So the sexual content, the explicit content, and all that, and stop it, which is mad because people are just getting it now and selling. Well, sex sales, isn't it? This is and they're looking to, to stop all that as well. So people got to find another avenue in which to sell themselves. Yeah, I don't understand that because it's like the whole premise of OnlyFans is supposed to be a place that supports adult content. Well, I thought that was the whole point of it. I don't know. Maybe it's one of those things where that's what made the platform rise to popularity, but it wasn't actually intended for that usage. It was like like how in certain African countries they they've created a whole kind of like currency out of using cell phone minutes 
like you know you can buy for something and you can pay for it using cell phone oh. cell phone it's like I'll, I'll just transfer it from my phone to your phone and you know what i mean and then you're going to give me like a, a coffee or something um so maybe it's one of those things where it wasn't intended to be used in that way and so the owners are like all right let's get let's get our platform back yeah. or maybe you know maybe it comes from outside you know it could be outside pressure man could be a legal thing they're cracking down on it you know like think- man they were trying to crack down on shit yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was used for like a tutoring or sort of um, how to, you know, like you you could set up your only fan, you could set up an OnlyFans account on how to record and produce a podcast, and people would sign them, subscribe to you for your services or your insight, uh, or maybe a mechanic or plumber or, or, or I know producers mm. do it as well for selling stems and sounds and stuff. I would have um, thought you would more do that on Patreon instead of OnlyFans, though. Well, I think it's just another. It's like uh, Skype, or, Skype or Zoom. It's like one or the other. It's probably just popped off as the as the is the easiest thing. And then obviously, um, people want to make their money and monetize themselves rather than signing in a, to an agency or whatever. And they can only do so much through Instagram and social media. So OnlyFans it was going straight to straight to them or to a degree. Um, but I think they come under fire because there was young younger people selling themselves or putting pictures up or explicit videos um, yo i just i just found an article in the guardian yeah and they said only fans said the ban which comes into effect in october followed pressure from banks and payment processors who raised concerns about the material that only fans hosts so rather than lose their ability to take the payments which is what um who's a payment processor visa MasterCard, PayPal, mm-hmm. they're saying, yo, we're going to cut all of our ties with you guys because there's too much porno on there and we don't want to be associated with porn. And so now they're like, all right, sorry, guys, uh, we need to eat. So. <laughs> well, it says here, uh, British, subs- British subscription site OnlyFans is failing to prevent underage users from se- from selling and appearing in explicit videos. So basically it's saying that under 18s have fake identification to set up accounts uh, a 14-year-old used his grandmother's passport. I think it was when the whole child sex exploitation starts coming in. Mm. Um, then it starts getting raw. Like, we have to lock this off because, obviously, that's illegal. Uh, he used his grandma's name, his grandma's details. Oh, I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl. Oh, um, but basically... see, That's I don't, still fucked, though. I didn't know. If we're doing that. Yeah, that is fucked. With with PayPal and Visa and Mastercard, I don't think they care if it's sex. I think as long as they're getting the money and it's all legal and above board and consent, it's when it starts coming into to younger, young, you know, under eighteen that are taking pictures and filming themselves doing X, Y, and Z and putting it up there. That's when it starts getting techy because child exploitation, man, that shouldn't be happening as well. That's it, that's it, that's it. But um only fans. I never went on there. I never went on there. I never went on there. I've had no reason to go on there. The only time I've got plenty of reason to go on it, I just never did like <laughs> The only time it, it actually interested me was well, I think we talked about it on a couple of episodes ago when the uh the Cash Me Outside girl, Daniel Bugoli, and as soon as she turned eighteen, she went on OnlyFans and she made like she made like a million in the first hour of being on there. 
Like people just been queuing up, waiting for her to fucking sign up. Uh, that's messed up. Yeah, but that's people are taking ownership. <laughs> people are filming themselves. Like, like there's people here that are saying, "Oh, I'm I'm taking control of the situation." And I suppose it's like, um, what could you equate it to on the music thing? Instead of using Spotify and Apple, you're using um, Bandcamp, or you're selling directly from a from your website. So you're selling directly to your to your market. You ain't got to go for a record label or a, or a company, mm. so it's all about ownership. But yeah, man. So they have to find something. There'll be another website. I even read here that Tiger, the rapper that was put out. Do you remember the porn on Wreck City that he did? He, he did like a Wreck City bitch, Wreck Wreck City bitch. He did a he did a porno in relation to that, but he's launching his own My Star platform, M Double Y S T A R. So apparently he's closed his OnlyFans account and he's looking to set up his own thing. Um, soon. So Tiger's always, always on the hustle. So yeah, watch out for that. Only fans. It wasn't he dating one of the um, the Kardashians. No, he had a kid with um, one dancer chick who was then dating one of the Kardashian brothers, Black China, I think. Basically, he's he he his baby mom's is like some stripper who's like, or ex stripper or something like that. That's sad for him. Sad. Nah, man. Like, rappers and strippers, they're like two peas in a pod, isn't it? Yeah, but breeding, like, yeah, that's all peak. Bro, Cardi B, innit? Like, man will marry and breed off Cardi B. Man's will marry and breed off loads of strippers and that. Like, it's, it's part of the culture, innit? Like, I suppose, just... I suppose, I suppose. But in no, them strip cause... clubs, the rappers are the ones throwing the money to all of them. Jazz, you know? I, I only say that because I think she was out there, like, uh, she she bagged one of the Kardashian, the guy who was a simp, so she was just basically out there, exposed the whole business talking about strippers and, and rappers and people getting bagged did you hear there was a basketball player who got bagged by um, some Instagram chick um, basically behind his back she filed for divorce and hit, got, and hit him up for like 250 grand a month in child alimony or something like that, Britney Jenner her name is Nope, never read this one. This is so this girl is a proper fuck, proper grim, yeah. Britney Jenner. She like goes about sleeping with um basketball players, rappers, just trying to like get money from them and stuff. And she bagged a basketball player who didn't know any better. And now he's gotta pay child support for the next eighteen years. And she divorced sad, mad. Set him up. Set him up, man. Be careful. Stories, man. There was one where you put your dick in. There was one where there was a uh, a uh, was it a hotel worker, like a hotel maid, and there was a famous guy who stayed in the room, and she found a used condom, and then she she like basically inserted his sperm into her, and she got pregnant, and then she was able to take him to court and and get child support money. And I just, <laughs> it sounds absolutely no. I'm I'm pretty sure we've spoken about that story on the podcast before, but this is the kind of shit that that there's some crafty people out there that will do. They'll, they'll try and set a man up, right? Yeah, that's mad. Um, there's a film like that where they impregnate the woman with the um, I think it's oh, what's it? There's there's, there's a film where it, like uh, they break into the blind man's house. And then the blind man ends up uh, switching on all the people that broke in the house, and he ties the woman up, and he and he puts like a 
a turkey baser with his sperm in her. <laughs> Fuck up. What type of movies are you watching, bro? <laughs> I'm only joking. That sounds fucked though. Man's based in the turkey, you know. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was mad. I think it's called "Don't Look" or "Don't Speak" or something. What's uh Britney? J- that's it, Britney. Britney Renner. Britney Renner's the chick who bagged the basketball player, and she basically set him up to now. He stuck with her as a baby mom's, and also got to pay a lot of money. Guys have got to be careful, man. There's some unscrupulous women out there who don't give a fuck. They will do anything. Yeah. I mean, she's she's lame. She's definitely lame, but guys need to be careful, man. You definitely need to be careful. You go wear wear a condom, man. Practice safe sex. You put, we're all about that and beer up and banner. You changed your tune. What do you mean, mate? You was talking about going raw for the longest time. Yeah, I'd go raw, raw dog, but. I'm also an advocate for safe sex. I'm because, glad to hear it. That's that is totally cool. we've all been we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> In one way or another. Glad to hear it. Safe sex is the way, man. Um yes. talking about safe sex, it kind of reminds me of an album I was listening to recently from Lil Kim. Mm. Because uh, you know, we're on uh, episode ninety-six right now. And um you know, we decided to go back in time and have a look at some of the classic hip hop albums from 1996. And one of those albums was Lil Kim's Hardcore. Oh, man, some of the rhymes on that album, man. I think I literally the, the very first line on the album is, I used to be scared of the dick. Now I throw I'm lips to the shit. shit. Handle it like it, a real bitch. <laughs> Oh my, and it was like, at that time, like, at that time, I don't know if, if this is actually fact or if it's just in my mind, but at that time, I was quite new to hip-hop, man. Like, I'd only been listening to hip-hop a couple of years, and I'd only seen, you know, like, a Queen Latifah or a Salt and Pepper, like, women that were, you know, just, like, regular women. I'd never seen somebody like Lil' Kim being, like, overtly sexy and, like, basically presenting herself like a super slut. And so that that blew my mind, man. When Lil Kim dropped Hardcore, I said, mm. "Wow, that was." I remember I had the poster. I I had the poster up in my wall. Remember that classic picture of her? The um, <clears throat> we all know the picture, Lil Kim. I'm talking about flipping promotion for the album where she's like wearing some some bikini. But that album was was different gravy. That was a good album, man. What? What else we got? Do you know what for me then? I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it to my favorite. Oh, sorry, sorry. My favorite Nas album. Is that me blowing up my phone doing madness? Um, it was written. It was written. You know how much I, I how high I hold it was written, as opposed to Illmatic. I mean, obviously Illmatic is the classic, but for me, it all written. Uh, there's so many classics here. I'm looking at Reasonable Doubt. For me, Jay Z's best album. Atolians by Outcast, not their best, one of their best, but not as good as a criminal. The phone ringing or something? No, oh, no, I've moved my phone miles away. Is it your phone? I think. Um, Is it nineteen ninety six calling us to be like? 
Well, there's there's Bear here. But I mean, I I googled uh, 1996 hip hop albums and I started listening to some of them this week. Um, and man, it's just like it's 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 quite interesting having done this, man, because you get to see which albums really lasted the test of time. Mm. Like, because there's some that you put on and like you think, oh man, what was I even listening to back in the day? This wasn't really all that. Yeah, some um, have aged well, some haven't. Yeah, uh, I mean, some of the big names. Chino Excel got an album there. Shaheem. Um, I, maybe not the biggest names, but these were these were rappers that I absolutely loved at the time. Um, Cloud Nine, that album by the rapper Nine. Oh, what you want, Nine? Oh, I got it on vinyl. That my picture on my Nine, and my name up in lights in Nine. I was he had the, yeah the deep yeah, voice. That that was one of the albums that inspired me as a rapper, man, as a young man. Yeah, I could I can see that. that. I can see that. And um, where else we we had the uh, Enigma by Keith Murray, you know the most beautifulest thing in this world on top of Tuesday. We had uh, Smooth the Hustler with the uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Yeah, that was oh, I had that on tape. I had that on tape because I had oh. broken I had broken English I had broken language and the other one. Yo, my brother, doubt, no doubt you're getting no, no doubt. Oh, my, word them up with um, Smooth the Hustler my, and Trigger yeah, 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 yeah. That was dope because they were brothers and both dope rappers going back to back on that one, man. That was sick. Um, he's another rapper that inspired me. And then you've got um, Foxy Brown dropped the Ill Nana. And uh, I, I, I listened to that recently, man. I, honestly, I think she probably had the worst intro of all time, man. That intro was trash. It was just like straight up promo for one of the other projects coming out on the record label. Like, well, <laughs> uh, maybe on a mixtape, but... Why would you let them do that on your album, man? Well, yeah, Foxy was dope, man. Like she was really good. She was really, really, really good. Man, I think she was underrated, man. She was sick. Like, it's, um, it's and a, I think that was like a that was a response kind of thing. I think Foxy Brown's whole career was kind of like a response to Little Kim almost, because like Kim came out with the Junior Mafia clique and Biggie, and it was kind of like Biggie was involved in writing a lot of uh, Kim's best songs. Um, and then Foxy Brown kind of came out with the, uh, like with the firm kind of vibe with Nas and Mega and uh, I think Jay Z was involved in in with, with with Foxy a little bit as well. Um, she was on his um his radio single that ain't no, ain't no like the one I got. There's one no. Yeah, that was a big tune as well. That was man. That's what got him that radio play for uh, Reasonable Doubt, which is his debut. Yeah, I was just looking here, and there's a lot of debut albums like Busta Rhymes to come in. Come on. Um, obviously, reasonable doubt we just said. Um, mine. Oh, sorry, you're still going through some of yours, but yeah. Yeah, loads. Lost Boys. That was a big album. Even oh, that was uh, Exhibit at the Speed of Life. Man, mm. again, him and Nine, two rappers that really inspired me a lot. Um, and um, I didn't actually go back and play this, but Raskas Solo Nice. That was a sick album back in the day, man. Yeah, that's. I'd like to go back and listen to that now. I'm older and can probably understand a bit more. <laughs> where, it's, where it's got, uh, yeah, Raskas was the one. Raskas was the one. But if I had to pick my top, 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 top picks, do top three selected? Go. Travel Quest beats rhymes and life has got to be one of the best albums of that year, hands down, and one of the best hip hop albums of all time. It's just got classics on there. Just straight up classic mm. after classic after classic. 
It's an incredible album, man. That was that was my introduction to Trev. I was late to Trev. Mm, and and then, uh, I think the thing about that, about Tribe and that sound that they had is it, it became Dilla. so like imitated, like people loved it. Like, it, yeah, like Diller and then um, Slum Village with that similar kind of sound. And then you could say that other people have got on to be inspired by that, like um, Ninth Wonder and that Little Brother kind of sound. And then maybe even... Uh, you know, over here we I think we have a, a UK group called something like I forget their name, something like Hawk House, something like that. And they were kind what? of something like Hawk House, something like that. And they were inspired by that trap kind of sound. Mm. Is that that name? Shut up, Hawk House. There's Hawk something. I, I know what you mean. There's a, there's, that's yeah, only one. Hawk though, House that's... musical group. Okay. So what's yeah. the other two then? You Jazz got, got Tribe from London. Yeah. Anybody that don't know about them, Google them. They actually they're sick. They actually really dope. But you could tell they're, they're children of Tribe. And I'm sure if they did an interview, they'd probably say, yeah, man, some of our favourite artists are artists like Tribe. Yeah, that's, that's a hard name for a group, Children of Tribe. Yeah, that is, isn't it? Well, what's your other two, then? What's your other two? I, unfortunately, I didn't get to listen to everything. Because um, there's, so there's so much. Memories, memories. so much. Just looking at this list but, here. Yeah, because I know that if I go back and I listen to something else, I'm going to want to put that in. But Beats, Rhymes and Life by the Tribe, definitely... Uh, De La Soul Stakes is High. That is another one. Absolute mm. classic album. That was my intro to them as well. But uh, see, we came up at the same time. Yeah, I mean, on both of those, like, Tribe and De La, they, these are like, these are the rap gods, man. These, these are the people who kind of laid the foundations and, and they've been much imitated. And then, you know, their, their sound was just so unique. Um, and and these were guys that were just rhyming like just they just seemed like regular guys that were just talented musicians it wasn't like oh they were trying to star themselves to be the next tony montana like some kind of drug kingpin or and coming with some imaginary kind of um image you know and then that kind of imaginary image is kind of what pushed hip-hop into a different direction you know um but these were people that were just genuine like what you see is what you get this is who i am and and, and this sound was dope. And and if you peep the bars on that, stakes is higher, man. They were saying some shit on there as well, man. It wasn't just vibes. Um, but the music was great. Picking a third choice is difficult because you got <laughs> you got the Fugees, you got Jay-Z, you got Tupac, you got Nas, you got Outcast, you got the Roots, but uh, I think what I'm gonna have to do is I'm gonna have to go with Machiavelli Kaluminai because that was when Tupac changed his name. He was going through some things in life. He changed his name and he dropped this album, Machiavelli, and it kind of changed. I'd like to think it kind of changed the world, man. He was saying some real crazy shit on that album, mm. kind of predicted his own death. Um, he was being quite prophetic um, and, you know, and it's and it's an album that's lasted the test of time. All three of those albums, I think, are really lasting the test of time, man. Super dog picks, man. What's yours, though? Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That's um solid, solid, solid picks. Um, looking through the list now, so I'm gonna go reasonable doubt without a shadow of a doubt. I still play this to this day. I think that's in my top albums of all time. It was written from the get go. You know how I feel about that. And I'm going to go 
Rafa the Math, J Rid the Damager in my top ten albums of all time. All all DJ Premier, Raf uh J Rid the Damager signed from you know, linked up with Gangstar, but that's got um when did I get in, introduced to the, him? I think I saw uh, The Prophet, Return of the Prophet. You can't stop The Prophet. And it was like an animated video. Mm. Uh, jump over buildings in a single bound. Who is that? And then Pete Rock did a sick uh, remix. So, uh, Rafa the Math, Jerry the Damager, without a shadow of a doubt. It was written, like, I Gave You Power, uh, Black Girl Lost, all them classics, and Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt. Um the score is more of a, I wouldn't really call that a hip hop album. It is a hip hop album, but that album went flipping global, like after she did Killing Me Softly. But um, the two pack joints, see, I always thought All Eyes on Me sounded like a, it's like a mixtape. If you listen to it, it all sounds a bit put together, like mixed differently. Some of the records just don't flow. So it's like a, it just sounded like it put together where, the Machiavelli tape was was hard. I think that for me that's Tupac's best project, the the Machiavelli project. Um, what else we got here? Um, Stakes is high and Tribe Called Quest, obviously being introduced to them through Yo MTV raps later on. Obviously we're the '90s kids. We we didn't know about them with the flipping Three Feet High and Rising and the Low and Fury and the older older Tribe stuff, the older Daylight mm. stuff. So I, I missed that. Muddy Waters I liked because it had the Redman record, I think, and it had, yeah. Um, I forgot to say it. Redman was my favourite MC at that time. Man. Whatever, man. The coming Buster Rhymes. I'd say Buster Rhymes was a close, like, would be in the top three, but just, just narrowly misses out. Um, but I was also pumping a lot of Duck Down, so I had a lot of Helter Skelter, OGC. Mm. I loved OGC. Mm. That Storm album was original. Gun Yo, they, that though. Everyone from Bootcamp was sick. Buckshot, the BDIMC, uh, Sean Price, like you say, Hilton Skelter. Like everything was dope from, from Bootcamp, man. Yeah, yeah, everything. B miners on the beat. <clears throat> the production was hard, man. I remember my cousin's boyfriend at the time introducing me to Dr. Octagon and Cool Keith and I was like, what is this? This is... Yeah. I wasn't feeling it though. Blue Flower and all the Dr. I, I think Cool Keith is... I mean, he's not whack, but... Yeah, he's, he, he's he an, dropped the, uh, the the Dr. Octagon album came out in that year, yeah. He's an acquired taste, but um, I was definitely rocking a lot more East Coast. What West Coast stuff did I rock? Uh, West Side Connection, Bow Down. I remember that. Chino XL was... He was, uh, I mean, he was lyrical, lyrical, miracle, spiritual, physical. Like, he was good on mixtapes and freestyles and stuff, but to do a whole album was a, maybe a bit much. But, uh, yeah, my top three that I still listen to this day, to this day, Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt, It Was Written, Nas, and Wrath of the Math. Solid um, picks. However, I do kind of want to say that Wrath of the Math, though, I went back to that this week, and, yeah. and I don't think that is very well, man. Whoa. I remember buying this. I bought the CD for, uh, for like something like thirteen ninety nine from the local CD shop. I was excited to play it. Probably cycled home on my bike, quick, <laughs> put it in the CD player, and I thought, no, nah, man, this is dead. <laughs> You're oh, killing it, the, beat, the beats are some of Premier's best beats, man. Some of the oh, beats are ill. One or two of the beats are cold. Nah, man. Some of it is whack. Like, oh, you're it. tripping, bro. The whole thing is like perfect. It's, a, it's an amazing album, bro. What are we going through? Look, uh, got the Black Cowboy, whatever. 
one day, Revenge of the Prophet. Not the average. Beat of one day is cold, yeah. Yeah. All right. What about not your average? I'm not your average. No, I'm not. Yeah. Me or the papers? You're playing yourself. Come on, bruv. Come on, he's got classics in there. There's tracks that I want to skip on there, man. I respect it. There's tracks I want to skip on there because I just don't like it. That's fair enough. But that's why it's special to you. But um, I got one thing about Iron Man. I never used to mess with like Ghostface Iron Man. I was late to. I came back to that much later on down the line. Wow. Yeah, man. I wasn't. I wasn't fucking with Iron Man at all till much later. I think I went into Ghost Deep. I think I went into Supreme Clientele and then came back. See, this is a year where I'm sure both of our record collections will have will have a few of these tracks, a few of these uh, albums in there. Mm-hmm. And um, Iron Iron Man is definitely one that I've got in my collection. Uh, Muddy Waters, I had the CD back in the day. I don't know where that is now. I probably still got it somewhere. I, th- I think I had all of these. <laughs> all of these was on CD. I had Stakes' highest single. I bought that on cassette. Stakes is high. One thing I really loved about that album is the collabs, man. They had Mostef on there. They had Common on there. So you was really starting to get that conscious kind of soulful hip-hop sound coming through. And then Common dropped a really cold album around that same period as well. Um, and obviously most deaf with um, Tali Kuali and Black Star and Reflection Art. It was like there was just a whole. If you if you never knew who those guys were that collaborated with Dela, if you start looking into them, you're gonna just find out a whole new uh, world of dope music, dope artists working together. Domino mm. effect of dopeness, right? Oh, how could I forget? Sorry to cut you. I didn't even see this was on the list. Let's go. And this is a story as to I remember I was with. Dean Middleton, big up Dean. Cal, you remember Dean? And this this is going back to the Ghostface. Why well, I wasn't feeling Ghostface Iron Man. Basically, we was in Wolverhampton Central, and he was going to get a CD. And before the CD shop, he ran off. He ran to the shop. He goes, right, they've got they've got Ghostface Iron Man, or they've got Infamous Mob Deep album. And I chose Hell on Earth. I chose Hell on Earth. And that's I a know, good choice. That that is my favorite Mob Deep album. I would never. And that should that. be on my list. I didn't even see that was on the hidden list here. So I'm going to put, I'm going to put Mob Deep Hell on Earth in there. Cause yeah, that's, that's, that's not on my list either. That's mad. That's, that's all Havoc's beats. Why is that not coming up in this stupid list? Because <laughs> we both, we both Google searched the same thing and we just took what Google said at face value. Yeah. What, I went into some hip hop golden age. This is, so, boom. Ah, and that's where Prodigy was. Rob, every Prodigy verse is freaking ridiculous. Peak, that's peak Prodigy. That's his best work. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at that. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And Havoc's is coming out. Into, all right, all the beats sound the same. Like all the beats have got the same drum pattern or same drum sounds. But I'm not mad at that. And the Havoc's getting into his own. He's got ill, ill guests from Rayquan's on there, Meth's on there, Nas is on there. Mm, come um, on, man. Like that's similar. You see, like Hell on Earth to Infamous is what it was written is to Illmatic for me. So obviously Infamous and Illmatic are held as like the greatest, like up there as the greatest rap albums and just superb bodies of work. But for me, I just like the I like the the other joints, the other albums, just because they're a bit bit mature, bit developed. Nas is anyway. Nas is Nas is going in for it was written. Did you ever peep Eminem's Infinite? Nah. We, we only knew about Eminem. 
Who was that? <laughs> Bless you. I was putting up. I was putting everyone onto Eminem early, and then we saw him at his first show, and then where some of my friends met him and got his got signed. He signed the travel card like in deal real. Like when he was his no not no one, but he was, and he knew about him through the source. But I never listened to that project. I think I knew through. Bad, what came out first? Bad meets evil. Did that come out before the Slim Shady? Album. Yeah, was way later. Yeah, Slim Shady LP was his first release. Well, his first major label. Now, Soundbombing, didn't he do stuff on Soundbombing? I'm not even, I don't even remember if M was involved in that, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about he, as he a solo, track. I'm talking about a solo album now. It's evil. No, not, not, not the group, the record on Game Records with the two girls in the front. I know, I know the project you're talking about. I thought that come out, um... Uh, I'm saying in terms of him doing like a a full-length project. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, like, a major label release. Because I think Infinite was, like, it was kind of like a, an, an indie indie release, like a little independent label or something. Yeah. But Slim Shady LP was, like, Aftermath, wasn't it? Like, Dr. Dre and... Yeah, so when did that come out? Slim is that, Shady. Is that Aftermath and Inkscope, something? Like that? that come out later, yeah. So I think that came oh, out after. Yeah. After Bad Meets Evil, the vinyl. But Infinite, going back to that, I didn't really, I didn't know about him. I only knew about Eminem through the battle raps that you could hear on like Napstar and stuff. He said, uh, he tried Bad to Meets make... Evil was 1998. Yeah, the record, yeah. So that came out before Slim Shady EP, LP. So that's how I knew about him. I didn't know about him through Infinite. I knew about him a bit later on. I, I didn't realize uh, Bad Meets Evil was that old. I still got that vinyl, man. It's one of the greatest, greatest record sleeves of all time. Yeah, the um, the Slim Shady LP was ninety nine. Look at that. Tipped it to the post, man. And then, and then Eminem just went downhill. <laughs> oh man, listen. Oh, but it, the, the point I was trying to make though was Infinite yeah, yeah. was actually dope. Like I, I discovered Eminem through the the Dr. Dre connection, and then I went back and I checked out Infinite after that. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, yo, this is, yeah, infinite, it's sick, man. Speaking of, speaking of him, I went back to that EPMD record on, on Nas's uh, project, and yeah, man, I won't ever be listening to that ever again. Oh. Like, abs- absolutely ruined it. <laughs> oh, dear. Like, the, record was, the record was good with EPMD. I get, I get what you were saying before, and I like, I think, yeah, it was cool, man, but when M came on, it's like, nah, you, what was, this is this absolutely stupid. Did not need to be on this record at all. Um, so I much trucks in me to hear, man. It's mad. Still don't like it. I remember the hype around um, Shaheen because obviously he was like a, a Wu Tang affiliate. I think the rumor was that he was like someone's little brother, like Method Man's little brother or something like that. I don't know about that. Um, but um, yeah, he, he he was dope, man. He was like the child prodigy, the youngster, the youngster coming up. Kind of. Yeah, there weren't many younger rappers, was there? Um, there was one record on there. Which was the standout? Which was the standout record on here? Uh, mm, my track names aren't coming to mind, uh, but I did like the U as a rapper, and I thought he was dope. Um, Lil Kim, obviously, she changed the game with her album, man. Um, Chuck D dropped an album in that year. I, I probably didn't check that one out, actually. Um, yeah, nah. Can, can do that one of his for me. 
plenty of, of uh, plenty of projects, man. OGC drops something. Original Gun Clubs. I'm looking forward to looking into 97 in the next episode. Baja Media. For me, that exhibit was because I was heavy into the alcoholics, man. Licks. Mm. Uh, and um, an exhibit. And that whole sound was dope. And what I really liked on um, Exhibit's album was his ability to kind of take you into his life experience, man. And just kind of see the world through his eyes. Um he was really like really good at pulling you in, man. And um, you know, he talked about his brother being in jail. He talked about like he wrote a whole record about his son, his unborn child, and like this is like a letter to my unborn child. Like it was fucking brilliant. Like I'd never heard anybody do that at that time. He just seemed so advanced lyrically. And um, you know, West Coast rapper with the East Coast production, East Coast kind of style. Um, yeah, he wasn't the typical West Coast rapper, was he? Especially like like the alcoholics he was linked to. They weren't like any of them. Well, he could definitely get down with that kind of like that kind of like just you know just party and drink and get fucked up kind of vibe. But at the same time, he had a serious side to him too. Mm. Um, but he, but obviously we know Exhibit as a character now through sort of pimp my ride. We know him as a personality and stuff, so we know that he's got the banter in him and. And you know that side of me. He was hard. Yeah. MOP dropped an album that year. One album I was disappointed with. I remember this. I remember this vividly, actually, getting Snoop Dogg's The Dogfather. And after the strength of Doggy style, and you think, oh, yes, like his second album is going to be sick. And I listened to it and I thought, this, what the fuck is this, man? This is a crock of shit. Such a disappointment for after. I mean, you can't beat The Dogfather. I mean, that's like another perfect album but mm. um dj shadow was someone who i really appreciated as like a dj and producer um and um yeah man i think he's from japan or he's like a japanese american or something um but i just appreciate him for having a bit of a different style to what other people were doing um yeah, man. Then you had the guys from the south, like E40 and UGK, and that. Was E40 from from the west coast? Yeah, he's from. Area? Yeah, he's from the bay. Mm. <gasps> and he had yeah, so it was a real mix. But yeah, okay, okay. It was so a period. It was a dope period. I was heavy into Death Squad in them days. Keith Murray and Redman dropping an album in the same year. Um, but yeah, no, loads of dope albums. Like you say, man. Looking forward to night seven. It's gonna be dope. Mm-hmm. Showing our age there. But that's when albums were proper albums, like flipping. Like they had a lot of replay value, and they oh, had that, skits. That and it was written. I couldn't tell you how many times I played it, man. <laughs> that might be that might be one of my most played albums ever. Yeah, it man. It was written. I banged out the Fugees as well. Those are the days where I would make little tapes, like I would make a mixtape based on my favorite tunes. Like I would have loads of CDs, and then I'd put the tape in and press record and and just record various albums and make my own little mixtapes and then put out my Walkman and just be on my way with that. Nice. Um, so yeah, loads of Nas in there, loads of Fuji's in there, loads of Mob Deep in there. Hell on Earth, man. Come on, man. That was my introduction to Mob Deep. Hell on Earth. And then I went back and then I, I did the infamous. Um, fucking hell, what a year, man. Good times. I think we were still at school, so it must have been about 15. 15. 14 maybe, yeah. The Roots, Illidelph, Half-Life, 
classic album. Mm, 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 it's, mm, it's a shame that you can't put everything dope in your top three selected. But no, that's it. But me, the roots, man. That's right up there with with Tribe and with uh, Dela as you know these guys from the soulful spectrum of hip hop. I really related to their their style of music, man. Um, and I, I think they're some of the most underappreciated artists in hip hop. Those guys there, because they didn't represent themselves in a super flamboyant way, and so maybe they, because of that, they, you know, like in the world, sometimes it's all about marketing, it's all about presentation, and more about the look, like how it looks than how it actually is. Mm-hmm. And because they didn't present themselves in that way, maybe that kind of, you know, affected how popular they could become. But when you actually listen to the music, their music was A1, man. It was, it, was, it was as good as anyone. Trip down memory lane there. Let us know your thoughts, uh, as always, at Beer Up Bants with the rap albums. I'm looking at 97 now, but we'll hold that for the next episode. Um, what have you been listening to recently or watching? I feel like we need to move this along. <sighs> Nothing. Absolutely not. I've been watching one, one, uh, one Japanese animation. Um, which is kind of based like a historical look. I think it's a, a fictional tale, but it's kind of like a, about a battle between during the times of like, you know, the Anglo-Saxons being in England and then the Vikings in like Norway and Finland. Um, I think it's called Vinland Saga. Nice. It's an anime manga, it's a manga thing, yeah? Yeah it's, yeah, it's dope, man. I'm really into it, man. Um, just coming to the end of the first season on that, but I can't say I've watched anything special recently or or listened to anything, any other new music because I've been I've been going in the wayback machine listening to these albums from '96. <laughs> going back in time, going back in time. Yeah. I found what did I find on? So I gave the Fredo project a quick listen, the Independence Day, and that's okay. Um, same old not really getting nothing new there but still solid project uh, Pirate Picasso from Benny the Butcher I'm halfway through that uh, again more of the same but all good uh, what you think you'll like I thought of you yesterday we were listening to it or today where was I was that today yeah it was today I went to the shop and I listened to this uh, Smoke Diz has got an album out with 183rd Street and Nimlo I, I really recommend the Smoke Diz project man I know you're a Smoke Dizzle fan, but oh, yeah. as well, so you don't need convincing. Hell yeah, just, just say Smokey and that's it. I'm copying that. So I listened to that. That's worth going. And yeah, man, just going through the same old flipping, revisiting stuff. I went back to the locks. So after the verses, I locks albums. And then the uh, Jadakiss mixtapes, like Champions here, different different mixtapes he done with Drama and Green Lantern. The Green Lantern mixtape's hard. And then also I went back to the the Beanie Siegel rock versus um, the Lux battles. You know all the disses that they put out when it was. Mm. Do you remember when it was that Jada versus um, Beanie Siegel? Man, that was a great time. Them, them battles are. Really, Don't you remember that? Mm-mm. Oh, that's. That's your homework, man. That is that is a up there is the greatest mixtape beef battles wow. of the modern time. Because you think you got Beanie Siegel versus versus Jada, and you got the Locks versus 
whole estate property. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go through that because that's old. But I've got a big up as well. Genesis Elijah, the guy, the not the hardest. I'd say he's the hardest working guy in the UK at the minute. He's fucking absolutely killing it. But he dropped Hometown Hero. Um, I hope I got that right. Sorry, who, uh, who's this? Genesis, sorry if I broke up. Genesis Elijah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jen, yeah. He dropped um he dropped a project based about Wolf uh Watford. Uh, the artwork's pretty dope. And I hope I'll so definitely go check that out. Um I think it's only available on Bandcamp. I don't think it's on streaming platforms just yet. But it's definitely worth definitely worth looking into because um oh profit in his hometown, beg your pardon. It is on streaming platforms. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Everyone, a prophet in his hometown. Big up Genesis Elijah. We've had him on the show, and he's just non-stop working, non-stop working, and it's all good content. So, yeah, there's 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 music. There's new music. There's old music. There's, there's stuff. I can't even go running, so it's not even like I can fucking go for a run and listen to it. I just, I'll put it on. I'll get back That's to the old school way. That's how we used to do it, man. You know what I mean? When you was a young and then you didn't really have too much going on in your life, you could just put some music on and just session sit, that, you know? Yeah, sit, sit in a room or smoke mm. one. Um, yeah, man, that's it, that's it. TV-wise, ah, I've been watching with a wife. What's it called? Sex Life on Netflix. It's just like some shit drama, some softcore porn thing, really. <laughs> It's like some some midwife who's uh, fantasizing about her, her ex lover, and she's got the perfect husband at home. But it's every other scene's like some softcore porn. I was like, "What is this? What have we stumbled across?" From the time you introduced it as a shit drama, you're not making it sound very good, man. I don't think it is. I think it's one of them things you can put on in the background, or you can watch with your missus, and it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. And what else I've been watching? King Gary on BBC. I like King Gary. Very funny. Okay. That's with Tom. What's his name? I can't find his name now. I'm slipping. It's getting late. This reminded me of something I did watch actually. What was this called? How to be. I love our reviews. Our reviews for TV programs are dead, but our album is like, yeah, we sell gas for music, but. <laughs> um. Getting late. It's getting late. I think it's called something like How to Be a Billionaire. Undercover Billionaire. Yeah, Undercover Billionaire. So, basically, the premise of this show, yeah, it's like a reality TV series. Um, The premise of this show, I think the first episode came out in January. no, no, so it came out in 2019, my bad. So the premise of the show is you've got a guy who is a billionaire, right? Super rich. And what he's done is he's challenged himself to, to go undercover. So imagine like someone like Bill Gates or, you know, he's super rich, Elon Musk, whoever it is, mm. just go to some random part of America and just pretend to be broke and just try and start from scratch and try to make a business, try to build something from scratch and make a million dollar business 
from nothing. Wow. That's the premise of the show. Now, obviously, there's loads of guys walking around holding cameras and stuff. So you kind of think, well, how is this really like, you know, people might be playing up for the camera and whatever. Uh, I mean, maybe you would have to watch a behind the scenes or an interview to find out the nitty gritty details on how it's all put together. But I like the premise of it in it. So I started watching the first episode. I didn't finish um, the whole thing. Um, but it, yeah, if you like reality TV, this is another uh, reality type of TV show that you could watch. I mean, I'm someone who likes The Apprentice and I'm someone who likes Dragons Den. So from a business perspective, if you yeah. like those two shows, you probably like this as well. It's in the same kind of ballpark, isn't it? And what's it on Netflix? You said? No, um, this was uh, a Discovery Channel production. So if you want to get it over here in the UK, you got to do Amazon Disney. Prime Video. Okay, Discovery. Okay, not Disney. No, no. the other way is obviously bootleg life. <laughs> Which we don't always condone, but we secretly do. I see is. it. I'm going to check that out. I see an advert for 50 Cent's got uh, the BMF, doc, uh, BMF series, but the Blowing Money Fast, Black Mafia Family, whatever it is, and like, in the 80s that looked pretty good so I like 50 cent production thing um, oh is that 50 cent I think so yeah he's behind it um, obviously yeah. power I don't even know if power's a thing anymore but you know what he expanded power into a universe so the power TV show finished and then they did power book 2 mm. which uh, kind of picks up from where power ended and it kind of focuses on um the kid of the you know the main guy uh, James St. Patrick yeah so it focuses on the kid in, in Power Book 2 and then he launched another TV show called Raising Canaan which is you know Canaan is 50 Cent's character who um, was like a bad man in it like just typical bad man in it typical mm. road man bad man and um, yeah so that show is about him as a youth and how Kanan became Kanan. Um, I haven't even watched. I haven't. Even, I watched a little bit of Power Book Two. Wasn't quite the same. It's not quite the same without Tommy and Ghost, man. That's that's what Power was all about for me, man. Tommy and Ghost. Um, and then you know, what I mean, and then a little bit of Tasha with that big old booty, and uh, and Angela Valdez, them steamy sex scenes and shit. Like you, you had to love it. Um, and um, oh yeah, can't forget Lala as well, man. Come on, man. Oof. Uh, so yeah, power was was cool, but book two is it's, it's not quite the same. Like Tasha's locked up, she's in jail, and um, now you're focusing on Tari, that little bad breed little you. Um, got his fucking sister killed, little prick. <laughs> I still want to watch it. Um, but yeah, Fifty man, Fifty's making moves. Like he's not even rhyming anymore. He's not rapping. You know, he got called out by Timberland and Swiss. To come do a, uh, a, a versus battle. I haven't seen if he's responded yet. Um, let me Google that and see if there's something. Fifty Cent versus. We were talking about. We were talking about who we would. Ah, oh, there's a video. Who we would clash in a battle? There's well, there's there's videos from last year that say Fifty's down for a versus with Game. But why would Game go against Fifty, man? He's gonna lose that. Hmm. Well, I don't know, man. That'd be tighter than you think. 
You reckon? Game's got some big records, you know. Jar Rule says 50 Cent wants no smoke in a versus battle. <laughs> That's what I'd love to see, man. 50 Cent versus Jar Rule. Because Jar Rule's got some big records, you know. Jar Rule could take it. Jar Rule could take it. Jar Rule could take it, man. When he starts dropping them tunes with a shanty and everyone starts reminiscing, where? Oh, my days. Not I think it depends there. where they are. Carl. But I'm always... I, someone sent me a video of Ashanti performing the other day. Oh, my God. She's still looking super pain. Wow. Still wow. Got it. Still got it. Mate, just, just some things just don't change. That's it. That's it. It'll be interesting to see. She, she did, a, she did a, a versus as well, didn't she? She uh, clashed Keisha Cole. But I'll, I'll be interested to see the next versus, if they've got anyone, like, booked. Who they've got booked up. Um, yeah, there's all there's all talk about who should do it next, but right, I have to watch this space. I don't know if I'll be staying up late. Cool, 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 cool. How you doing? Yeah, what about up? Sort of let's, savage let's, Yeah, let's roll, man. Yeah, man. Hey, good energy. As always, at Beer at Bants. Don't forget the football podcast that comes every other week. We got Ash who's doing that. And uh, yeah, man, let us know your albums from 96. Let us know for 97. Let us know what you're listening to. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave a comment. We want to talk about. Hit us up. Full goal. Yes. What kind of FPL points you picked up this week? Mm. Touchy subject. Do you know why it's touchy? It's only touchy subject because a few of my my big boys blanked. So I think I'm on 55 points. Oh, that's flipping solid, man. And I've got Antonio to play. Oh, that's flipping solid. I've got uh, Ai Nacho to play and Amate as well. Uh, so Antonio might just, just ruin any clean sheet I could potentially get. Yeah, no, uh, I've gone down. Bare red arrows. I actually Ai Nacho ain't even playing right now. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on 150-something points. I'm like seventh in our, in our podcast league. 151 points. Not bad at all, eh? Not bad at all. No, it could be better. Listen, every week I've got to do better. Uh, as, long as, as long as I don't finish last, that's always the objective. And then if I win or if I do top top three, top five. That's the worst objective I've ever heard in my life, as long as I don't finish last. No, man. As Talk long about as I setting the bar low. <laughs> when it comes to fantasy. All right. Well, I've realised very quickly that we've got some heavyweights in the league this year. So, uh, if I can get into the top 10, I'll be happy with that. But that's normal but, um, for me now, so, you know, I just try and set new objectives all the time. Oh, it's normal <laughs> for me now. So, now I just, as long as I don't finish last, just downgrade the objective. You should be uh, going for the title, man. You're the, you're the, well, you were the, the belt. I've held the champ belt from two years ago. Champions. Uh, Rashid took, took the belt off of you last season. So, you should really be looking to get your title back. You should be going for yeah, the title. No excuses, him, so. man. No, I don't want to hear no excuses, man. This should be a title shot. You're seventh place. Yeah. You're only, what, 11 points behind first place, who I have no idea, Oluwasun Sofunde. Sounds like a Nigerian name. Oluwasun Sofunde. Yeah. You've got, you got Sain, second place. Uh, 
Jay, shout out to Jay. Did a nice um, FPL vid the other day. Kicked off the season with that. Mm. Uh, he's in third. Um, Marcus M. I think I know who that is. I think I know who that is. Yeah, big up Marcus. And you got um, Mandaz, who I keep ball with. Dan Nurse, I'm not too sure. Maybe I do, but and Rashid's eighth. Ryan, who we had on the football podcast, is tenth. Anyway, listen. Yeah, shout out to Jack Davenport. He's one of our latest followers on uh, Twitter. But yeah, what I want to say before we go is there's one guy who I'm going to have to kick. I kicked him out last season and he's oh, back. Has he got two teams? He's got three teams now. Oh, he thinks he's smart, isn't it? Leon McDowell. I have no idea who this guy is. Yeah, He thinks he's slick, isn't it? He's got two teams under the name Leon McDowell and then he's got another team under the name Leon Mack. <laughs> and then the name of that third team under Leon Mack is called McDowell's Marvels. Like, you oh, ain't going to know it's you, Leon. Like, come on, bro. You've got three teams. Delete, delete, delete. He's out of here. Um, and just like us, we're out of here. Don't forget to catch us on the socials at Beer Rap Bands. If you want to come talk to us, you fancy being a presenter, you want to come and be on a podcast, Beer Rap and Banter at gmail.com. You know, slide in the DM. Let's talk. Um, and yeah, man, peace, love, and nappiness in the spirit of the old school hip hop albums. Well said, man. All right, have a good week. Peace.